everybody, thanks for listening to The Hustle, it's John. I'm recording this on August 1st, which is the 34th anniversary of the first day of MTV, and that's fitting because today's guest is named Slim Man, and in the early 80s, Slim Man was the front man of a hard rock group called Boot Camp, and if you had been watching MTV on that very first day, you would have seen two Boot Camp videos. Now, I watched that first day when it re-aired on, I think, VH1 Classic a few years ago. I'd never heard of Boot Camp. The videos were just beautifully old school, and uh, you know how old videos used to be. These were them. And uh, I just thought, who, who are these guys? I'd never heard of them, and started getting kind of fascinated with who they might be. Well, Slim Man is now a smooth jazz lounge singer. He's actually a pretty successful one, too. It's crazy. And uh, so I thought it would be really interesting to talk to him about, you know, how you begin in a hard rock group and then transition to a smooth jazz singer. I have some homework for you, in fact. This conversation will make a lot more sense if you go do three things. Number one, get on YouTube and Google Boot Camp I'm a Victim. Watch that video. You'll see how beautifully old school this is. And then type in Slim Man Faith in Us. And there's a concert video. Not one of those, you know, staid picture videos, but a concert, a live version of him singing Faith in Us. And then type in Slim Man Cooks. He's got a bunch of cooking videos on there where him and his dog make different Italian dishes. It's crazy. It's really interesting stuff. And this is the progression of this guy. I thought it was really interesting. And so I wanted to hear his story. He called me from his home in Palm Springs. Well, hey, Slim Man, uh, thank you very, very much for joining me tonight in our conversation for The Hustle. I uh, wanted to let you know how I discovered you. Uh, I think it was the 25th anniversary of MTV. So I think it was probably 2006, April 1st, or August 1st, 2006. VH1, VH1 Classic re-airs the first 24 hours of MTV as it appeared that first day. And uh-huh. I am completely <laughs> spellbound by this. All these bands <laughs> I've never heard of, right? And, um right. Ooh, and I'm just watching, and you guys come on. You've got two videos going that first little bit. Uh-huh. And I'm watching thinking, who in the world are these guys? And there's you in the victim video. I can't really find any 
any boot camp albums out there. I didn't know what your story was. A couple of years uh-huh. ago, no, uh, about a year ago, I, a year and a half ago, I found your greatest hits on Amazon. And uh-huh. so I quickly bought Back to the Shack just because I had uh-huh. to have some boot camp in my iTunes library. I love it. Uh-huh. hope you got a little kickback for that. But anyway, <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's, the, that's the story. And um, so I want to hear about boot camp. But before we do, explain your name. Because I've seen your name. I've seen Slim Man. I've seen, seen Slim Manicotti. I've seen Tim uh-huh. Camp. I've seen some Italian uh-huh. things I can't pronounce. What, <laughs> what, is your, what does your wife call you? <laughs> I'm not married. My wife doesn't call me anything, but my real name okay. is Scrappy. That's my real name, Scrappy. Scrappy. See, okay, well, here's another one just to put on <laughs> no, the file. No. Yeah. The, um, when, when I did the boot camp thing, you know, I used the abbreviated version of my last name, Tim Camp. Um, when I was doing right after uh, that kind of ran its course, I did, I organized a country uh, music talent contest nationwide, sponsored by Marlboro. It was a big deal. Um, the grand prize is fifty fifty thousand dollar production deal with Barry Beckett, who produced Dylan and Hank Williams Jr. And wow. so I got involved in this, you know, looking for the next big country music star in every little teeny honky tonk hell hellhole. And so I decided I needed a nickname rather than use my real long Italian complicated name. So uh-huh. I came up with Slim Chance. That was the original name was Slim oh, Chance. Slim Chance, got it. Good. Okay. And then like, and then people started to sound like, "Hey Slim, hey Matt, hey Slim, Matt." Yeah. <laughs> so it evolved from Slim Chance into Slim Man. And then got it. And then when I was, you know, somebody had told me about Facebook right when it first started. And so Slim Man, the name was already taken. So um, I said, why not call it Slim Manicotti? So on my Facebook page, it's Slim Manicotti. So crazy. It's all confusing. I know. It's very, it I'm is. confused right now. That's okay. That's okay. You're a, you are definitely a jack of all trades. I want to. I don't normally do this, but I want to start from the beginning with you. You're originally from Baltimore, right? Tell me about the uh-huh. early days of boot camp. Well, um, what happened was um, I, I got my start as a songwriter for Motown. That was how it all got started. That was pre-boot camp? That was before boot camp. Wow. Yeah, that was before boot camp. And then um, after that ran its course, um, I started the band. Um, I, so boot camp was started the Motown offices were right above a record company called Stiff S T I F F. And they had Ian Dory and the Blockheads, Lana sure. Lovage, yeah. um yeah. Uh, Elvis crazy. Costello. Yeah. Yeah. So they were right downstairs from Motown. And when my Motown thing went south, I went down there and played them all this rock stuff that I've been doing that had nothing to do with the Motown stuff that I had been doing. And they were really interested in, in it. And they were the ones that actually came up with the name Boot Camp. It oh, was the head of that record company. Okay. Yeah, and that's when it, that and that's when Boot Camp got its start. So were you, you know, not 19, a... Uh, yeah, what year was that? 1980, I guess. Okay, 1980. So were you guys not a band that was already kind of out there gigging around Baltimore... Um, you know, writing songs together? Was this more of like a a thing that you were doing and then a band was created around you? I was writing songs and I was um I had the drummer in boot camp working with me. He did the Motown album with me, uh Howard okay. Dizzy. And so he was already in the fold. And um so when we did the Motown album that ran its course and then we did started doing the boot camp thing and I had written some songs and um, I got a keyboard player to come in and play some keyboard parts who got really highly recommended. He ended up joining the band. Okay. And we went through one guitar player that didn't work out, and then we found a second guitar player who was our main guitar player for the whole time. It was Bob Bob Fallon. Okay. And Tom Alonzo was the keyboard player. So that was the 
way the band got started. I wrote a bunch of songs. I needed a keyboard player. Um, mm-hmm. Tommy, you know, came really highly recommended. Um, we hit it off. I love him, still love him to this day. We're sure. close friends, friends with his family and his kids and his mom and everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, that's how boot camp got started. It was wow. Motown, then boot camp. Now, you, did you release an album on boot, on uh, Motown? You know, I recorded a whole album, and I was at a party with Stevie Wonder for the release of his Secret Life Whoa. of Plants Oh. His Secret Life of Plants album. And um, I was in the bathroom, and one of the executives said, Hey, man, sorry to hear about your album. I'm like, what do you mean? They said, Yeah, you're the vice president who was in charge of my project got canned, and everything no. that he had signed got canned, too. No. It had not been released, yeah. So. Do you own you know, that? Still, I mean, still, do you have to take No, somewhere? it's still sitting there. It's still sitting there. Oh, that's going to feel like a piece of your soul is gone. <laughs> or are you way? You're probably way over I mean, it now. I mean, when you put it like that, I feel heartbroken. Well, I'm sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I don't mean to your cut soul you, is but gone. Well, as somebody who's who's like unconditionally fascinated by your by your music, I would love to hear you know, that. You know, I don't even have a copy. I don't think. Oh, that's terrible. But it, it was very, it was very similar to the um, Slim Man stuff. Very similar, the kind of okay. jazzy combination of jazz, soul, and pop. That's what okay. it was. Wow. And mm-hmm. were you? I mean, what was that? Must have felt like your big break, right? Forget. I don't. I don't yeah. If you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. But how old were you? No, uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, I was all just getting ready for a release on Motown. It was, and it was, you know, it was, uh, it was really, it was really tough. I bet. You know, because I just, you know, we just spent a whole year, well, I had just spent a whole year doing the whole thing. And then, uh, you know, hey, ain't going to happen. Yeah. How did you get discovered? Pardon? How did you get discovered? How did they find you? Yeah. (laughs) A friend of a friend got me an appointment in New York with a publisher and the meeting went really bad. You know what I mean? It was just one of Uh the, it was, you know, it was like, what am I doing here? It was just weird, Uh weird weirdness. So walked out and uh, started cold calling publishers and Motown was one of the first at the top of my list. Just, you know, my favorite publisher. I mean, you know, Holland, sure. Dozier Holland, Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, of one of the best catalogs in the world. And so I just called him up. Roxana Gordy answered the phone. It was Barry Gordy's niece. She was, you know, wow. running the office. Yeah. I asked her if I could come over. She said, when? I said, right now. She's like, you kidding? I said, no. Nah. So, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm in her office playing her some songs. Her office door is open a crack. Her boss, who's the vice president of the Motown, sticks his head in, likes it, and signed me as a songwriter. No way. I mean, that that's like that's that that's fairy tale. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you yeah. know this. Gosh. Yeah. And were you just some guy yeah. in Baltimore writing songs like the stars I was eyes? writing songs, but I was, you know, I was, I was serious about it. You know, I, I wasn't just like, hey, let me just some kind of capricious thing. I really, you know, I, I had studied songwriting. I, you know, I really put my, you know, a wholehearted effort into that, sure, sure. into those songs, into getting them recorded the right way with the top musicians in the good in the good studios and stuff. You know, it wasn't just some kind of. Hey, let me throw this against the wall and see if it'll stick. It was, it was, um, you know, I spent a considerable amount of time and, you know, played a lot of dives to come up with the cash for those demos and stuff, so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And is that, was, were you Tim Camp when you were with Motown? What was, you know. Did you have a name, a band name? Yeah, yeah, it? that was, that was the name. That was the name I was going with. Although, you know, when they 
when they released like one of my songs got recorded by Angela Bolshill.
and the strange thing about it was that it, it just got so much interest in the business, you know what I mean? Like RCA was yeah. taking us in the studio, and you know, Atlantic was interested, and, you know, yeah. and all these crazy rock songs. Go back even further, though. Like, when I was a kid, we were doing a band that was very similar to Iggy Pop and the Stooges. And we did also our own original kind of aggressive, kind of angry, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, we opened up for the Stooges. Yeah. Wow. We opened You're up for all over one the place, time. Man. Did you get to meet yeah. them or anything like that? Yeah, you know, just, you know. Yeah. All right. Not like yeah. we sat around and, uh, you know, had a right. fun sandwich sure together. Did. But, uh, <laughs> you know, back yeah. then it wasn't quite, hey. Yeah, you know, yeah, take a, let's take a selfie. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. So now, did Boot Camp ever put out an album? Uh, Boot Camp put out a single on vinyl, a seven-inch vinyl single with I'm a Victim and Hold On To The Night. They put out an EP that we did at Ace Fraley's house. Whoa. Ace Fraley's the gu- guitar player in Kiss. Absolutely. And we did uh, a second EP of five songs. So it was a two-song vinyl single, four-song vinyl EP, and a five-song vinyl EP. And those wow. 11 songs are pretty much what I mean, if, you know, you, you find right. on the Internet. I think yeah. there's Back to the Shack, which was put together by uh, our keyboard player, Tom Alonzo, the bootcamp keyboard player. Okay. And there's something else called Final Drill, they yeah, were, um, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, that was a guy who was a boot camp fan who wanted to release that music. So there's um there and that's uh um that has the original versions of you know, the first single, the first E P and the second E P that has all those songs. The Back to the Shack has that and a little more. Uh huh. Okay. I um there's a there's a record label called Retrospect. Uh huh. That's it. Yeah, and that's where that's the only place I've been able to find Boot Camp Final Drill. It's on there for nine ninety nine. Yeah, they have. Okay. Um, yeah, that's um, retrospect. Wow. Retrospect. Okay. All right, and if if whoever buys that, you get a little piece of it, right? You know what? <laughs> I haven't heard from them in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, yeah, they, well, maybe I'll, I'll buy of... Final Drill, too, and we'll test it right. out. You'll get a royalty yeah, right. check for like 13 cents. Right. Yeah, 13 cents. Okay. Right. Okay. Put, put that on my to-do list tomorrow. <laughs> Call yeah, right. Retrospect. Where's my yeah. money? Where's my 13 cents? Okay. 
So what was the what was the lifespan of boot camp from eighty till what? Eighty till eighty six. Wow, it lasted that long? Yeah, it's been five, six years. The last okay. couple of years the last couple of years we had a new keyboard player and it really wasn't quite the same. The first keyboard player was really a big part of the sound and a big part of the vibe. Huh. And um yeah, so like the first okay. four or five years of boot camp were the you know Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize you guys lasted that long. Now are you making uh-huh. your making a living just through boot camp this whole time? Or are you held, holding down a regular job? Yeah, well you know when we were when we were doing that, um well we were um you know we were. We were we were working um we were a working band. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So well, like you weren't working in a you weren't a waiter. No, time. we were working full time. We were working okay. four, five, six nights a week. We were playing every Monday in Baltimore. You know, at, Girard, at Maxwell's. Every Tuesday at Gerard's. We were playing weekends. We were going up and down the East Coast. We were mostly a Northeast band, primarily on the coast. You know, from like uh-huh. the Hamptons, <laughs> the Hamptons okay. to the Bronx. You know, okay. that kind of stuff. Okay. Interesting. Now, boot camp ends around 1985, 1986, uh-huh. and your first solo album as Slim Man comes out in 95, right? Uh-huh. So what goes on in that 10-year, 9-year span there? Um, I was working, um, placing songs with other artists. I had a couple of songs placed in... Uh, a Garfield movie, you know. Really? There was some, yeah, some strange little occurrences like that. I was working with a rock singer uh, named Brian Jack, who was with a band called Child's Play that had just been dropped from Chrysalis. <laughs> that I wrote and produced. Wow. So I was doing that. And um, so, I mean, I was busy writing songs, but I wasn't writing songs for myself. I was writing them for other people, which is really okay. kind of what I got started off, started off doing. It really, that's what I really wanted to do, was to be a kind of in-the-background songwriter guy. Yeah. I mean, when I was with Motown, when I got so- signed, I got signed as a songwriter. And based on the first one of the first songs I wrote, Became a you know fairly fairly you know jazz uh-huh. hit fairly big jazz hit but you know based on that song they offered me the contract I wasn't really you know I wasn't really looking for a recording contract I just wanted to be a songwriter so after boot camp broke up I wanted to go back to just writing songs so I wrote songs for this kid Brian Jack rock singer yeah. I wrote some other songs for a movie for a you know. Wrote a couple songs for cartoons. I was doing voiceover stuff, like Ford. You know the wow. Welcome Back campaign that uh-huh. they had. <laughs> Welcome um, back! They wanted me to try yeah. to sound like John Sebastian, so I did that. That's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, but you're just kind of going you know, from job to job at this point, right? I mean, staying you know, in music. I'm just, you know, it, it, you know, people kind of know that your name is out there. You want to sing a jingle? I'm like, I've never done it before, but yes. Wow. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. And so there were some opportunities like that, that that came up that was that were good. I've talked to a couple people on this podcast who um, wrote jingles. Who, when their when their bands broke up or they kind of left the business, they became jingle writers. Or, like you're saying, you know, write, wrote for other people, guy behind the guy kind of stuff. Um, so during this time, you're picking up gigs and you're um, you're iterating. You've moved. Away. Are you still? Thinking rock, or are you moving toward just any songs? That... I was doing, you know, when I when I was writing for Motown, after I was writing everything. I was okay. writing instrumental music. I was writing, you know, they call up and they say, you know, we've, we've got a, you know, a, a, we need a dance tune, you know, 120 beats per minute, you know, about a girl in a, you know, in a pink dress, and you know, it's like okay, mm-hmm. let me write that. So when I was at Motown, I was writing everything. And that's when boot camp broke up, I started writing everything again. I did some dance stuff and got wow. it signed with, you know, some big publishers, you know, Pure Music and things like that. And I got, a, you know, a bunch of other songs. You know, there was a, like a song that I had that was, uh, uh, that was picked up by a big publisher that was a go-go tune, kind of like a Chuck Brown kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I just I have like two more boot camp, boot camp questions, and then we'll move on to Slim Man. One, those videos are gold. You know this, right? <laughs> I don't know how often you go back and watch them. They are gold. Um, Thank you. And I got to tell you, um, I mean, I've never met you in person, but you look younger now than you did in those videos. <laughs> and but when you were when you were filming those, you didn't know there was a thing called MTV. So where, no. what, was, what were they filmed for? What was the intent? What were, what were they um, going to be doing? We had a friend who was involved with MTV before it actually aired, and they oh. and our manager, um, his name was Carl Griffin. He said there's going to be a new thing coming out called Music Television MTV. And we should get on it before they launch because, you know, mm-hmm. it it might you know it might take off. Yeah. You know, we're like, yeah. what? What's MTV? Whoa, hey! Mm-hmm. And he showed us a bunch of the videos, and we're, and we're like, yeah, we can do that. So we contacted <laughs> a friend of ours who worked in like one of those live remote news local news okay. vans. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, <laughs> I called the city of Baltimore, and I told them that we were shooting a Ben Vereen movie on Baltimore Street, which was where all the strip clubs are, this two-block stretch of Baltimore Street, and downtown yeah. Baltimore is where all the strip clubs are. So I told them we were shooting a Ben Vereen movie. It was like the first thing that came into my head. Oh, my God, and Ben Vereen of all off. people. They, yeah, I know. They blocked <laughs> off the... They blocked off the street, and um, the cameraman, it started to rain, and we're like, Fuck. so anyway, the guy, the guy just started shooting, and we he, he was like, do this, jump over here, do that, and we, like, we had no idea, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> Getting out of the van, okay, start running around, uh-huh. go, <laughs> and then, um, and that's the way that first video went. I mean, we had no idea. Wow, we had no idea. Do you? Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I don't have any sense of how much that was played outside of just that first day. Were, what kind of an impact were you seeing from this video? Were you seeing anything? Were you? I don't even know actually if you guys were playing. It sounds like you were playing live a lot at the time. Were you getting new people because they were seeing your video, or what was the impact? Of this? Um, I, you know, I think that, um. Well, you know, the band was, yeah, the, the the video had a big impact. You know, when not only impact that, you know, record companies were calling, managers were calling, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it was also that, you know, word like that gets out and, like, people are like, hey, they're on MTV. What's MTV? You haven't seen MTV? you got to check them out, you know. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it does add a certain like little, you know, glow uh-huh. to your sure to your resume there. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. And, and it did lead to a lot of people coming out and, you know, That's seeing great. the band. Because, I mean, uh, you know, no offense, but it's not exactly one of the videos that still gets played to this day. So I wondered, like, how <laughs> long did that glow last, you know? Was it you know, it lasted for, you know, it lasted for a to... long time. You know, oh, it good, good, for a good. okay. Time. You know, okay. it was like eight, you know, maybe like, you know, four years or so. Wow. Okay, great. Good. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Um, okay. Uh, I'm curious. <laughs> this is something I've been wanting to ask you since I found out about your smooth jazz career. What does Slim Man want to, what would Slim Man say to the guy in the boot camp videos? What would he say? Good yeah. job. Really? Good. Good job there, lad. <laughs> well done. Good, job, lad. Good. Okay. All right. I wondered yeah. what you, what, how you would feel about your legacy back then. Uh, that's great. Well, okay, you, know, I, I, you know, I, I was really lucky. You know, I, I um, had the opportunity to play my own music, you know, songs that I wrote or that we wrote. And... I was able to play, you know, 
five, six nights a week, every week, with guys that I'm still friends with to this day. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, we were really good. We were really good buds, and it was, you know, it was it was really nice to, you know, get to go to work with sure. your pals. You know, it was sure. it was nice. It really That's was. Right. It, it wasn't. There were, you know, there were a lot of struggles. You know, we were, you know, we never quite hit the big time, but we had a great time trying. You know what I mean? It wasn't uh-huh. like we were, sure. you know. We really did. We did some, you know, we did some really cool stuff. And like this one song we used to do called Shut Up and Dance. <laughs> Way back in 1980, I don't know, 82. And we did uh-huh. a rap. I swear to goodness. We did a rap, rap like before. Yeah. We did wow. this rap. Every every guy in the band had a different rap. And it was hilarious. And it just talking about 1980, 81, 82. I mean, it was... Early in the day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No worries. I mean, it was good. It was good. It was good stuff. It was good music, and and um, you know, it had a nice run, but uh, you know, okay. it ran. Okay. All right. So you look back fondly on that time. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, tell me about the birth of Slim Man. The birth of Slim Man. Well, um, um. And I feel like now Slim Man means a bunch of different things with the cook, yeah, book, and those and yeah, the, everything. But so we'll get to that in a minute. But where did where did Slim Man? Where was the jazz singer? Where was he born? Um, I after boot camp, I wrote a bunch of rock songs for a kid named Brian Jack. If I had just a one day left, I'd be with you and no one else. I'd hold you in my arms and never let go. Even though it's just a fantasy, I realize what you mean to me. What you're telling me, it's over. So I hold up my hand. And I wave a hard goodbye I put my face into the wind And I let my soul fly Oh, maybe I'll laugh, maybe I'll cry Um, I put all these songs together on a CD and released it, and it took off like a rocket. Brian Jack was very, very popular in Baltimore. And I hooked him up with my attorney, who hooked him up with a manager, D'Anthony, who had managed Jay Giles and Bosch and Devo and Frampton. You know what I mean? He was a big guy. His His daughter was head of Sony. So he signed Brian, and they went into the studio, and they didn't use any of my songs. I had written all twelve, the, the ones that had you know kind of gotten them the airplay that kind of started the ball rolling. So um, after that happened, I was like, "The hell with this!" Yeah. yeah. So I went, I went back into the studio, and I just started writing, you know, like kind of. Whatever I whatever came to my mind, like writing for me rather than writing a rock song or a dance song or a hip hop mm-hmm. song or a go go song, I just started writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what. And that's and that's when the and that's when the Slim Man thing kind of got born. I just started singing real low. I was like, I'm just you know, it's gonna you know, chill out, relax, and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Because that was something I I mean. It was pretty. First of all, your voice, your voice in boot camp is so high, and almost unnaturally high. I mean, it doesn't. I know. You know those hair metal. Not that you guys were hair metal at all, but those guys have such high pitched wailing voices. Yours feels almost more strained, and um, but then the the jazz, not strained in a bad way. Don't. I mean, it just doesn't feel like it sound like it's the natural register for you. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Um, you know, the, smooth, the, the jazz the, gets a little lower. Yeah, the um, the boot camp stuff. Like I said, I was just trying to get out of my contract. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I pitched my voice way up high. It always felt strange to me, and I huh. lost my voice. You know what I mean? I, I actually, yeah. you know, I had to. I lost my voice and had to go on like like two weeks of complete and total vocal silence. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, it, it yeah. was tough to be able to sing it that high for that long. You know, we're singing two, three, four hours a night, sure. five nights a week, and it'd be screaming at the top of your lungs. Yeah, it was just, I'm yeah, it, it, it it was a strain on my voice. Yeah, I've wondered how, I, I was listening to you guys again today, I was thinking, how does this guy keep this up? How do any of them do it? You know, it was different. It was different. If you would listen to the first demos that we did, um, Hold On to the Night, I'm a Victim, and there was a, like five, we did a great version of Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made for Walking. Yeah, it was it's just, gone back to oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. loved it. guys to this day just lucky to have you know yeah it, it, it so, went from one thing to another right so does slim man take off i mean it sounds like yeah. that first album uh uh end of the rainbow gets good reviews and everything i mean are you off and running what what is that like <laughs> You ask me if I love you Well, you know that I do And will it last forever? Well, you know that it's true I would do anything for you Give you all the stars, the sun, and even the moon. Been searching all my life to find a heart of gold, baby, to you. At the end of the rainbow. everybody, every magazine in Baltimore, every TV station, every local, every anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And nobody showed up. Oh, and I was convinced it was going to really sink. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get anything going on. And then, um, you know, we started, I was playing, like, piano bar at this place called The Horse You Came In On down in Fells Point in Baltimore, Maryland, this dive bar. And the record started taking off, and the bar phone would ring, and the bartender would yell back, Hey, Slim, you're number 37. No way. You know, and they had, you know, so it started taking off, and it ended up doing really well in the United States and um, Japan, Australia, you know, Germany, England, some Spain, some Italy. Are you touring all those places? At the time, I was not. When we did our first tour, it was just put everything in the back of a SUV right. and just take off for Cleveland and drive to San Francisco and drive to San Jose. And, you know, one night you're playing for 500 people, the next night you're playing for six people. And no exaggeration. No, I believe it. Right. You've devoted the last 20 years of your life to Slim Man. Forgive me if I sound really naive. I mean, one of the I've said this in other podcasts. One of the drawbacks of looking for people like you is that there's not always a ton of information out there. 
So I only come in with my preconceived idea of who you are and what you're doing. And uh-huh. so I mean, you've been building Slim Man now for 20 years and released 11 albums. And just so you know, I've listened to a few of them. And um, I, uh, I mean, where does the drive come from? Are you, are you most yourself when you're playing jazz, this, the, your version of jazz, R&B, uh, as Slim Man in this iteration of yourself? I mean, because you've, you've been kind of a jack of all trades. Is this the guy who's like most comfortable in his own skin doing this? You know, this is what I kind of got started doing, the whole Slim Man thing with the whole Motown thing when I was a kid. I mean, you know, this is what, you know, I, I signed with Motown as. You know, but I still, you know, I still enjoy, you know, I had a blues band for years and years. And I loved writing songs for them, too. You know? Yeah. I've got, you know, I, I the Slim Man, you know, I write songs for, you know, I write songs for Slim Man. I love that style. I do. That, that hour on stage to me, playing with my buds, with my pals, you know, is mm-hmm. you know, it's heaven. It really is. Good, good. I love it. I love it. It's not like I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, let me just, you know, get through this and, you know, pick up a check at the end of the night. Yeah, sure. It's something that I really look forward to. If I could do it, you know, a hundred times a year, I would. If I could stay on the tour bus for the rest of my life and just play Slim Man songs, I'd be happy. So in that respect, yeah, I do enjoy this stuff. But I also, you know, I enjoy playing the blues. You know, I was hanging out in Palm Springs and with this guitar player, and I was like, "Pride and joy, Stevie Ray." He's like, "Oh God!" Uh-huh. It was like, <laughs> it was like all of a sudden, it was like, "Oh yeah." Right. So I, you know, I still enjoy playing the blues, and I, you know, like all kinds of music. I do, and okay. I, and I, I enjoy exploring all kinds of music. Sure, sure, okay. Um, what kind of? Um, I assume Slim Man is your job, right? I mean, that's. That's how you make a living, is that Slim Man, touring as Slim Man, um, you know, releasing albums yeah. as Slim Man. That's your job, right? Yeah. That, what I do for the most part is I go out and I play shows as Slim Man. I sell the, you know, sell the Slim Man CDs. Okay. And uh, try, to, try to do as much as that as possible. Right. And also, you know, you do other things. You know, I'm, com- you know, I'm coming out with a cookbook. Um, I'm out here in Palm Springs. And um, I put together this really f- crazy little funny show. It's like Dean Martin and, you know, Rat Pack kind of stuff. It's, it's cool. fun. And I do that a couple of, you know, a couple of nights a month. Go really? out there and sing those songs. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. I really enjoy it. Now, I think um, I think it was last weekend you played at a hotel, right? Yeah. It's this incredible hotel in Palm Springs, downtown. It looks like a, a 60s hotel. I mean, like, dropped out of the 60s. It was right. all run down and beat to crap. And a couple of years ago, they sunk, like, I don't know, five billion zillion dollars into it to make it look just like it did when it first opened up. Wow. And it is cool. It is really cool. You really expect to see, like, Frank Sinatra or Stanley Davis sure. or one of those guys walking down the hallways and it's this cool hotel and you play outside by the pool and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, I'm telling you, it's nice. That's great. Now, is that, it is. are those primarily the gigs that you're doing? You know, I do a couple of those. I enjoy them. It's, 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 um, you know, it's my day job. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay. the, slim, the slim man thing is my real job. And doing the oh. you know the vino with Dino thing is like you know kind of my day job. Oh, I'm, I, I enjoy it. Okay. 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 Wow. Um, now tell me about the cookbook. I mean, there's all these. So here's the deal. I, I on I've been on YouTube a lot lately, trying to find as much of you as I can. And there's I think maybe three boot camp videos. There's a lot of like videos of your Slim Man music, but they're just still pictures. I was able to find just a couple of videos of you performing live, a couple of like produced videos, uh, like homemade ones. And then there's one of you performing, I think, Faith in Us live. Something in the way you look at me 
stirs my soul Something in your touch just makes me weep Never live without your love. It's the kind of love I've been dreaming of. Every time I hear you speak my name, it melts my heart. Just the thought of you, and I see flames burning. Deep inside there is no doubt I got to tell you what What it's all about It's all about love It's all about trust, baby Give you my heart Cause I have a lot of faith in us It's all about love And then I was reading the comments I had no idea that you had cooking videos out there too I'm reading the comments and someone said I love him. This is my favorite song. I also love the cooking videos. I'm like, what? So I, I start Googling around because, again, like I said, I thought your website was under construction, so I didn't know they were on there. And there's all these cooking videos. So I start watching you and your dog, Batu, <laughs> making shrimp scampi or whatever and, you know, pasta yeah. with spinach. And all. You're just, again, you're just like a renaissance man. I mean, where does that come from? Um, I've always cooked, you know, when I was with, with boot camp and stuff, it was, you know, when you're a starving musician and you've got a couple of bucks to scrape together, you you make a little, you know, you get some carrots, you get some onions and you get some pasta and you make some carrot and onion sauce like my, mm-hmm. you know, like my dad used to make, you know, so it was, it was, um, it was born out of necessity, but also, you know, it's just kind of nice, you know, you're hanging out with the fellas, you're cooking, you know, it's, on your gig or your practice or whatever, your session, you cook and have a glass of wine. Sure. So, it's, you know, the cold cooking thing kind of came naturally. And, um, you know, I just started creating my own recipes based on family favorites and things I'd had at restaurants that I didn't like that I thought that they improved. And over, like, you know, the last, you know, 300 years, uh-huh. I had compiled, you know, couple hundred recipes and I distilled them down to about 50 or so and I'm going to put them out in a cookbook that's coming out in November. Crazy. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, do you, again, the, the, the name of this podcast is The Hustle and I see you out there <laughs> marketing because people are, I, I called it that for a reason because, you know, musicians not who aren't you 2 or the Rolling Stones are hustling day in and day out to make a living, to be heard, to get gigs, to interact with their fans, to secure a legacy. I mean, I I don't know that much about you, but what, from what I can see, you're you're hustling like crazy to just keep your name alive and and keep the brand going and expand the brand and all that kind of stuff. Are these conscientious decisions you're making to like build on this on the brand, or are you just sort of following your passions wherever they're going? Um, you know, it's it's just, it's just, you know, I just, I just want to create things. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Whether it's yeah. a cookbook or whether it's a, you know, whether it's a boot camp EP or whether it's a Slim Man CD. You know, I just, I just enjoy the creative process, and it's just one of those things that, you know, kind of, you know, you talk to your nieces and your nephews, and they're like, you know, you should put down your recipes, and you write a couple of stories about the family. They're like, I never knew that. Why don't you put them all together, and then all of a sudden you got something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And will the book be? Do you have a book deal? Are you gonna sell them at shows? Um, you know, not yet. But if Simon and Schuster call me and give me five million dollars, I won't turn it down. <laughs> Does, uh, do, I I didn't even think to look. Are all your cooking videos on YouTube? Do you have like your own YouTube channel? Um, yes, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, it's YouTube. I think it's under Tim Campaneschi, C-A-M-P-O-N-E-S-C-H-I. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of funny stuff out there. I'm just watching you and yeah. my cook, and uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
I enjoy it. Stuff. Yeah, good. Okay. Uh, now you, um, I mean, that's most of the stuff I wanted to talk about. You, when you look back on your career, <clears throat> what was the highest height? And it doesn't. I mean, it can be Motown, it can be boot camp, it can be Slim Man, it can be whatever. What was when you think about the most beautiful, purest moment of your career, where you know a dream came true or whatever? Maybe it was playing with Squeeze or the Tubes or whatever. What was what is that moment? And then what is your biggest regret? You know, um, I you know singing singing for the Pope was pretty nice. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, Pope okay. John Paul II. That, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty stinking nice, there, Dad. And um, you know, that's about it. Okay. And that's you know, <laughs> singing for the Pope. Yeah, doesn't get much higher than that, right? Okay. <laughs> that was nice. Okay. Um, and then, do you have any regrets? You know, I don't. Okay, you know, I really don't. Everything, you know, kind of happened in this crazy kind of path that I would have never thought would have brought me to this point. Yeah, but that's you know that's that's you know that's what it's that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you've you've been given the freedom to just create and follow your muse wherever you want it, wherever it's going to go. And there's exactly. enough interest there for you to maintain a life doing that. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. You know, create, entertain, enrich, you know, that's, yeah. it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a blessing. Absolutely. Good. Cool. Um, and you don't have a family or anything? You mentioned earlier you <laughs> no, I killed oh. them all. <laughs> well, all no, right. I have. You, know, we, you heard it here first. I've got okay. a brother. I got a sister. Okay, but you're not married mother, or kids. I have a father. I don't okay. have any kids. Okay. Okay. Just okay. curious how uh, you know how if because sometimes yeah, family and goats. Got it. Okay. Okay. Well, um, look, this was a lot of fun. I uh, hey, yeah, it's great, been, John. Good, good job, man. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You're you've been a mysterious, fascinating character for me for what <laughs> nine years now. Um, I mean, I I mean that as an absolute compliment. I I Thank see you. this giant head of hair in the victim video on August first, two thousand six, <laughs> and I'm just thinking, I gotta know what that guy's story is. What did you call and it? The rock star mullet. The Afro mullet, man. Because you got yeah, the black, you know, thick, curly hair. And, uh, I mean, now I'm sure it's cut down. you got lots of product in there. But back in the day, I mean, that thing, that was huge. I love the, love the part in the, in the uh, you know, you're in the courtroom and you just can't take it anymore, so you got to rip your clothes off, right? I mean, don't we all want to do that in the Stupid. courtroom? No, it's classic. It's classic. Yeah. I love it. Um well, look, thank you for doing this, and I wish you absolutely the best. All right, there you go. There's Slim Man. That guy, the guy's really all over the place, right? I still, even after talking to him, I don't really have my finger on exactly um, what kind of artist he is or what, what his preference would be. You know what I mean? If he could be successful at any one of these things that he's got his fingers in, what would that thing be? I'm still not exactly sure what it is, but I'm really happy for him. He's out there making it happen as a lounge singer, and he's good at it. So it's crazy. We're going to talk to another band who was also featured on that first day of MTV. And they're called they're a power pop band out of Chicago called Shoes. They're actually pretty legendary if you know anything about power pop. They've been around for 40 years. And uh, we do a kind of a career retrospective with their lead singer, Jeff Murphy. Big thanks to everybody, uh, Aaron Syrett, for producing this podcast. Find us on Twitter, at The Hustle Pod. Find us on Facebook. Send me a note, thehustlepod at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear back from everybody. Thanks. You're my sunny day. You're my rainy day. I've got
like a dream Whenever I'm here with you The very first time we kissed I said to myself Heaven must be like this Every day it's a little bit stronger Tonight. And I know I can't wait any longer To tell you how I feel inside You're my sunny day You're a sunny breeze Chases all clouds away Just a little bit longer 